He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 60 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined again as always this week by Barry. Hey Barry. Hey James. And again, hey Will. Will is joining us for a third week in a row. Hi James, how's it going? Not too bad, we haven't got rid of you yet. It's good to be here. Um, If anybody wants to get in contact with us or has any views of today's program or any of the other programs, you can get in contact with us through Twitter, which is at podcastgts or our Gmail account is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. And uh, we have just released on Twitter our new logo. Bar. Yeah. Went out last night. After like 800 hours worth of design, redesign. But it's, it's we're happy with it. We like it. Yeah, so we get our, our own identity, I guess. Yeah, well. We still love Harrington, just, just FYI. Like, we still absolutely love that guy. So Yeah, well, we're going international these days. Absolutely, so yeah. Um, but if anybody has any views on it, you might let us know at Podcast GTS. Um, I was at a wedding down in uh, Kerry at the weekend, so like as always, I did not get to play golf last weekend. The Waterville plan didn't materialise on the Monday now. No. Well, firstly, that was one because there wasn't enough space in the car after my fiance had filled it with all her shite for the wedding. And secondly, we got to the point where I was just hung over yeah. and there was just never a chance. Got to bed at like half six, quarter to seven on okay. Sunday morning, yeah. Saturday night, Sunday morning. So Waterville was not going to have my money wasted on hacking my golf ball around. Anyway, is there much of a difference between you sober <laughs> and you drunk? Uh, oh, sober and drunk, yes, a huge difference. James is a phenomenal Actually, golf. He's a better golfer when you're drunk. I lost, oh uh, a couple of years ago, I was playing about four weeks in a, row. in a row. I was out at various events on a Friday night, and I absolutely murdered my handicap. I was coming in with like 78, 79s yeah. uh, off the blues. I think you lost about two point something strokes in about four or five weeks. Was oh, the hottest, yeah. hottest golfer in the club, got asked and to also, play on teams. It, 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 it dramatically <laughs> came to an end. <laughs> It uh, dramatically came to an end when I turned up for Captain's Day Prize 1, uh, round 1, where I went off as the favourite with Billy the Bucky going, James, you've just been so hot the last few weeks that like we're, we, we've, we've had to really slash your odds down to like, you know, I don't know, it was like 10 to 1 or something, which is about the lowest that you yeah, ever yeah. get in the golf yeah, club. Yeah. At which point I went, great, walked up to the first tee, shanked it, and uh, I think I walked off with about 12 on the first hole, and that was the end of my captain's prize uh, outing. But it was good fun while it lasted. Uh, so, uh, so yes, you had a, you actually, had a, drunk, drunk James is much better golfer than a Taste uh, of the top. Sober. Yeah, um, I'm witness to that. He's very, very funny when he's waving over the ball, you know, struggling to keep his... Yeah, but anyway, I call um, that the David Duval vertigo yeah. moment. We, um, we were we were waving over the ball a bit on Saturday when we actually got out to play first qualifying competition of the year. Really excited, and the wind was howling. It was uh, it was phenomenal. It's, uh, that's nearly as strong a wind as I've ever played up there. Um, we we got through nine holes and they cancelled the competition. Um, if anyone wants to, like, I threw up. I took took a video of one of the greens. I just put. You know, after the competition was finished, I put the ball down and it just blew across the other side of the green. The pin was, you know, bent over halfway. So that's on our Twitter from Saturday. Because you, you were pretty appalling on your scorecard to that point. You I were probably begging for them to, uh, yeah, to I, call off the competition. Seven, seven two-pointers and two scratches. So I was reasonably happy with my play. Uh, uh, 19 points for the front line. That's phenomenal golf. See, but, but you're a good Easy, golfer. easy conditions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was insane to pull it. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. Um, I loved I loved driving the ball because you just you're aiming 100, 120 yards left of your landing zone and just letting it ride away into it. was crazy. It straight. I was going to say, if you hit it uh, pure, does that... Do you know what they say? When you hit it pure, it just goes straight through the wind. Say, a well-struck shot doesn't notice the wind. It doesn't. Yeah, obviously yours weren't well-struck then. Uh, oh! <laughs> and <laughs> on to the next topic. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, we're, we're, going out on. To, uh, we're going out tomorrow, the three of us. Yes, we are. We were playing on Gamebook, actually. Yes, yeah. Actually, and, and I must add, um, my old reliable 27 handicapper, who I played with a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I'd like to have a big shout out to him and uh, there was a little message on Twitter there that 
uh, I think someone said that a recognition that it was actually his father uh, that I was playing with. And just to let you know, I know your father very well, and he's a lovely, lovely uh, man and a lovely golfer. And I also know your mother very well, and she's a lovely person and a lovely golfer. So just so you know that, I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, there you go. At least you didn't say anything too bad about them. No. And, um, yeah, so that would be a bit of fun. And We do uh, have money on this, don't we? Did we say there was a fiver in the pot each? I think we did, yeah. And then I told you when oh, I yeah. get your tenor, you know, your two fivers, I was going to put it on somebody on Saturday and make some more money out. And then give it back to us. Uh, it hadn't worth that bit out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that I, I'm going to win tomorrow. I'm not going to... Uh, Putting new clubs into play. This is going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, anyway, looking club. forward to it. Yeah, we'll put that up on Gamebook and see if anyone And interestingly on Gamebook, I have been accepted as a tester for the new Gamebook app. The, uh, be, the beta testing. The beta thing. testing, yeah. 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 So uh, they want to try out some new kind of bits and pieces and they're going to improve it vastly, they were saying. Not that it needs vast improvement, but hopefully... Yeah. To allow, if you're going to allow more double-digit scores in each house and things like that, that you'd be very good at. You're just going to leave that silence just hanging out there, yeah. Okay, thanks. That's nice. Right. So uh, Tiger Woods dropped out of the top one. <laughs> I missed that. I just switched over for a second. And then there was like tumbleweed just going along the room. I was like, what? So Tiger Woods has dropped out of the top 100 in the world rankings for the first time since 1996. He's wow. currently ranked 104. And I have to say... Uh, I tip my hat to the stats in relation to Tiger Woods um, because he's been 683 cumulative weeks of number one, which if you work that out very quickly as I can, it's 13.1 years cumulatively as world number one, which is just an absolutely phenomenal record, um, which I don't think is ever going to be beaten. Yeah. But There's a few other great little stats I saw. I think it was a Golf Channel uh, website there. Like, so... The last time Tiger was outside the top 100, Lydia Ko wasn't born at that time. Oh, well. And I think somebody plucked it out of the air. Now, I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate, but it was the last time he was outside the top 100, the Macarena was number one. No so, way. No, I, well, it was yeah, 1996, yeah, because so. uh, that, was, but, uh, that was when he broke through. It's, it's uh, just, I think the Lydia Ko one is just shows how mind-boggling it is and how long he's been there, so... Um, apparently, you think about the fact that one of the funniest things that I remember when when he won the Masters for the first time was he actually wasn't legal legally allowed to drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was only twenty years of age. He uh, he went to Augusta right. yesterday. His plane was spotted at Augusta. They they it's saw the, the numbers on it. You know, the numbers on his tail of the plane. Yeah, yeah. So they recognised well, the his. tiger tail. The tiger's tail. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So he uh, he apparently played eighteen holes. A few little rumours that he hit a couple of off shots and a couple of birdies. You know, but nobody really knows. Um, Sorry. How on earth does anybody know that he played with his caddy and two private yeah, members was, I'm sure the spotters and stuff like that there was room, Sorry. I don't know if the Goodyear blimp was up above this them is, or this the, is coming the from the most blimp, secretive the golf course blimp. and golf club yeah. in the world I doubt there was it's, anybody it's also the most famous golf in the world somebody will something will leak out but there was Tim uh, got, I don't know I think McElroy is probably the most famous golf golf. in the world Listen, I have to speak that there. more on Tiger. Like Golf Channel's Tim Rosefort um, was talking about one of Tiger's recent rounds at the Medalist Golf Club, and he shot a worst ball sixty six. So, um, in his, in the worst ball format, he plays two different balls and takes the worst oh, from shot. each each situation. And he also does a thing where if he makes a putt for a birdie, he has to make it a second time to confirm the birdie. So, you know, Tim is saying that. It, Arguably, that round is actually better than the course record sixty-two he shot there in two thousand eleven. So, he, you know, he's still got it. It's just can he put it all together for four rounds in Augusta? And I'm sure now that he's gone for his, you know, his practice in Augusta, it's very likely he will play next week. But I don't think anybody has ever disputed that he can turn up to a golf course and do that. Hit sixty-six off his worst ball, which is probably in the fair, uh, probably just off the fairway or mm. in the rough. But like, it's competitive. It's going out and doing it competitive over 72 holes with the field there, with the media there, with the fans there, with the media there. Everybody with McElroy there. It, with McElroy there. And it's whether or not... And the problem with him, if he does turn up next week, and we still don't know, allegedly there's going to be an announcement before the end of this week as to whether or not he's going to turn up. Um, and if we get it, we'll tweet it at Podcast GTS. Mm. But the reality is that it's competitive golf where he has to make that 10-footer for par on the last to get into the weekend that's when it's going to be oh, yeah, yeah, is absolutely. it still there or not And but look 
The thing is, he doesn't have to announce a single thing about his participation in the Masters. If he makes his tee time and tees off on time, he plays. If he doesn't make his tee time, that's it. He just well, I think the reality you know. is that, you know, with tradition and everything else, they're going to know whether he's, he's going to be there. So I think, I think yeah, also if TV, he doesn't turn up, I TV think rights there is actually, a spot that can go somewhere else. But I think there could be an element of TV rights as well. Like, you know, he the TV will obviously still want to know like, is he down on a, t- on a time slot? Well, as usual, the PGA Tour on the coverage, like, they'll have somebody in the car park by his car parking spot waiting for him to come in and doing, like, by-the-minute commentary of an empty car park spot waiting for Tiger to come on in. I, like. I, I don't think... I don't, I don't <laughs> think... They've done that. They've done that. It's ridiculous. I, I don't think that it is any way he's not going to make a proper formal announcement whether yeah. he's turning up or not turning up this week. You don't want to be turning up on Tuesday for the practice. And the first thing you're doing is a massive media... Uh, event you might as well do that this weekend before this weekend get it over and done with have all those questions on how are you hitting the ball are you playing well blah 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 get rid of that get rid of that have four days to go off do whatever you want go to your restaurant have some steak come back the following week and just play golf so like you're not going to start that on the Tuesday that's good good PR way to do it Yeah, Um, yeah that'd be the right way to do it Next week you have Henrik Stenson to win and uh, I'm going to put some money on Jason Duffner because I reckon he's going to do the same as Rory McIlroy did at the BMW. Dump dump the wag to win. Dump the wag to win and uh, the news here is that Jason Duffner after three years of marriage has filed for divorce from Amanda Duffner. Um, They separated in February and they filed for divorce in March and there's going to be a ruling. Rumour has it, and the great thing in America is all these things get released formally, but they're talking that she's going to walk away with two and a half million dollars in relation to a payoff from him, but he gets to keep the houses, I think, isn't mm, that right? Something like that, yeah. Um, but you'll see what, see what happens down the pipeline, I guess. Yeah, well, just to put the two and a half million in perspective, um, in 2014, he played 17 events and he walked away with only 1.6 million in prize money. And in 2013, he played 22 events and walked away with 3.1 million. So for the three years that he she she was married, she's basically just taken half the cash, half the price. That's his course earnings. Yeah, I mean, he would have got a nice good chunk out of endorsements and stuff like that. Anyway, it's still two and a half million is not to be sneezed at. Well, look, it's it at the same time, I suppose on on, on the plus side. Hopefully, it's it it's the right thing for them, and it's never great to see people's relationships end. But you know. Jason Duffner, whatever he is, at the, the wagon master. Yeah, the, wa- the, 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 the less Jason Duffner now than there was last year, he's lost a bucket load of weight. Maybe she's just into fatties. Yeah, could be. <laughs> and he's after losing the weight now, and she's like, I don't. Like, Nothing to hold on to. But like, like that, it's that, that, just, that waggle just doesn't Scar- work anymore. You know, right? I always thought that it was for better for worse. But maybe he, he, stopped, maybe he stopped Duffnering around the house. Oh, you know, you know and he just oh. Just if you if you S- just sitting don't, there, if you don't, ah, talk, yes. if you don't agree. So you Henrik know. Stenson, you, you, need to go, you, need go, you need to go onto Twitter. You need to go onto Twitter and get with these trans. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a hashtag for God's sake. So, so Henrik Stenson got the flu last week, cancelled his Augusta practice, and he withdrew from the Shell Houston Open this weekend, which probably means that uh, your bet's not looking that great at the moment. Buddy. Beware the injured golfer. Yeah, I've topped up on my bet. Really? Yeah, I put more Great. on them today. Do you know what they say about fools and money are easily parted? And there uh, you that's go. That's fine. I'm the biggest fool in the world, but I'll be laughing when Stenson wins. Um, I would also be laughing because it'll be ridiculous because he doesn't deserve to win. Next week, we've got Steve Bamford from golf, uh, golfbettingsystems.co.uk. Yes. He will... We can throw out the people we think, and he can ridicule us. Um, I can't wait to have Steve so, back. Yeah, um, we're, I think we're, I, Steve's gospel. Can I, can I just say one little one little thing? I have a bit of a man crush on Rory McIlroy, but I honestly believe, for some strange reason, that Jimmy Walker is actually going to win the Masters. I also back Jimmy Walker. I, I just backed, think he is backed him there. Barry has backed everybody. No, 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 I have two golfers at the moment. I backed Jimmy Walker on Saturday when he was ahead in the tournament. I backed him at thirty to one. And he's now by into 25s. And Paddy Power put out a great little thing today that anybody who backed a player when they were playing one to five places, 
they're now giving those bets the extra sixth place that they're, they're they've done today. So okay. my my I got a good price on Jimmy Walker. Beat the market on the price, and I got the extra place now, which is great. I just have this feeling that Jimmy Walker's going to win it. He's uh, played really really well last week. We we'll get onto that a little bit we'll later. Go go go. go. Well, yeah, let let, let us let us move on, and we will firstly talk about the LPGA. And last week I spoke about the fact that it was basically the South Koreans were winning everything. And then it booked the trend this week, yeah. and it uh, Christy Kerr won the Kia Classic um, in Carlsbad in California. Um, she shot a sixty-five on Sunday to win from two by two from Miriam Lee and three from Lydia Ko. And uh, I don't know in the Lydia Ko update has she yet hit an overpar route? Nope, still going. Still, still going. Still she, she has. The first round of the the first major of the year for the women is on this week yeah. now. So if she goes under par in the first round, she matches Annika Sorenstam's twenty nine consecutive rounds under par, which is a, a record. Um, so you know, obviously, if she does the first two rounds, she's got a new record. It's just it's phenomenal. I watched the I watched the end of the women's golf uh, after the the Valero Texas Open finished. Uh, it was it was really entertaining. There was some uh, it was a great little course. Like there's some really. Uh, Good. There was a drivable par four laid on, and then the 18th was a tough hole. So there was a mixture of like you know, I had to, you had to make a score on one hole and then defend a score on the next. So Christy Kerr played phenomenal. She just you could just see from the moment the cameras were, went on, you know, the show started that she just had that extra kind of level of determination. She was going to take it down. So it was a very impressive win. Well, I think um, it's going to be a real. We'll come on to it, but it's it's going to be interesting this week for their first major. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the European tour, the guys were over in Morocco. And uh, Richie Ramsey recovered from dropping four shots in the space of two holes to claim a dramatic one-shot victory at the tro- Trophy Hassan II in Morocco. The Scot had looked on course for a third European title when he birdied four holes in a row from the third to race clear. Um, but after a bogey on the seventh, duffed two chips at the eighth um, en route to a triple bogey. But um, I watched the end. I saw the last three or four now. I moved away from my usual betting on, on America because it was just such a one-horse race. There was just mm. no point. I went with Kevin Phelan, um, but it was it was such a tight leaderboard all the way to the very end. It, like, it, it looked like anybody. It looked like nobody wanted it at one stage. Then a whole load of them wanted it because loads of them finished really well and posted a number, and there were five or six of them tied at eight or something. It was, it was really unusual. And then, you know, Richie Ramsey, I thought he was gone after that triple bogey. Yeah. He, was, he was just, the head looked scrambled and he just, he, ma- he managed to get, he managed to just pull it off. And Wattel looked like he had it for a while. You know, he, he looked certain to make a double bogey on the par five and then chipped in from an outrageous position yeah. underneath, below the green. Like, it looked like it was his to win it at the chip in. Now, yeah. the, as, as the guys were saying on the the TV if he hadn't gone in that was 30 yards past like it was it was oh, yeah. going at some serious pace but it looked for all the want in the world that Watel was going to go on and win it from there uh-huh. mm. particularly as Ramsey went and absolutely at the one moment you do not want to hit a bad drive went straight into the trees but his recovery out you know and it probably I, I think we say this probably once every couple of months it's a lesson to learn for all amateur golfers to look at the fact that he just said 10 yards out to the left or just take the medicine. And he took his par, you know, hmm. got got up and down, took the par. To, I think it was a par five, wasn't it? That Instead he of going for the hero shot between so, exactly. the 14 tree trunks and <laughs> yeah. you having to like triple shape the ball. Which, of course, is exactly what we'd all go and do. Um, of and, of course, once in, you know, every time in our head it, it, it pulls off because, you know, damn leaf was the reason it didn't. Standing um, on the ball saying to yourself, I am Seve Ballesteros, I can pull this shot off. Like, and then all you hear is, bink, as your ball cracks off a tree and finishes annoying sound 50 in the world. yards behind you. <laughs> It was. It was it's great, great when you hear someone else's. <laughs> the only um, I, I was talking to you, Barry, today about this, and I was obviously because Kevin Phelan finished tied third, but there was about six or seven players tied third in the end, and there was a part of me that was hoping that they would obviously all get into the playoffs at minus eight, and I was asking you today, <laughs> do do all of them just play one ginormous? If there's ten players in the playoff, it's just yeah. <laughs> ten yeah. ball. But it must be hilarious to say, and we were just wondering, if anybody knows this, uh, tweet us in at Podcast GTS, because everybody out there, there's somebody who will know this. I know what they're doing Q schools. Oh, that's a good question. What's the largest playoff in a professional 
tour event that they have seen mm. or know of. Because I, I just have never seen, usually there's two, maybe three, maybe four at the most. But like the idea of kind of eight, nine, ten. I've seen four. Just, That's the most I've seen. Yeah, like it's just on TV. Yeah, I've heard of um, a pro we know, Pat Garrity, plays out of Druids Glen. He said he he was in one years ago. I think there were twelve or thirteen of them playing for seven or eight spots. spots yeah, so yeah. it was just he said it was the maddest thing ever. It was just like thirteen golfers playing this one hole at once, you know, and, and they got whittled down eventually. But, uh, I'd love, I'd love to know. Yeah, in a pro event, it's and like then, killer in pool, you know, that kind of killer. Oh yeah, there's like yeah, like just fifty, 50 people. people in yeah. it, like you know, <laughs> miss the ball or whatever, you're gone. Well, be, but I see I our just, boy did actually quite well again. Um, Kevin Field, the most consistent golfer over the week, has shot 70, 70, 70, 70. Yeah, so, no, I was talking about uh, very good George. Oh, Crutzo. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Let's I'm going to move on. To oh, yeah. Actually, who was that sent in the pronunciation to yeah, us on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter, yeah, Twitter yeah. yeah, gave us a laugh, and we still can't get it right. No, George Cortez. Uh, <laughs> it's cutsy. Yeah. Well, you see, somebody asked me the other day why I say that, and it's also because there is a famous boxing ref by the exact same name, though technically Hispanic. But that's the only time I've ever heard it properly, so that's why I say it that way. Anyway, moving over that's to the a United great States. Excuse. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why we're moving quickly over to the Valero Texas Open, <laughs> which took place at the weekend. And really, this was just a, a, a one-horse race. Jimmy Walker winning by um, uh, four shots in the end to Jordan Spieth. Billy Herschel back at four under. Daniel Summer, Summer Hayes at minus three. And Hadley down at minus three. Hadley with his finger snaps for every time he made yeah. a birdie or hit a good shot. Or even for a par. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On those days they turned around and went, he, he actually hit a, hit a great par, like a 10 foot par, <laughs> put for par, and like they were watching him. And like every time he wants him, they go, is he going to do the, the, the flick? And he literally did the flick, and they went, hey man, that guy's even doing it for pars yeah. now. It was <laughs> so funny. It was such a brilliant little side shot. Oh, it was great. Because it was. Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Yeah. And then he held off for a second one time and it was like he was teasing us. And then he did it for a tee shot and the putt for the birdie. <laughs> yeah. And the, I thought the best thing he did though, I, you know, though the finger snaps were hilarious, but he, he was in the bunker on one of the holes and he hit a bunker. Sh- yeah, it was a oh, fairy yeah. bunker and he hits the wall and it's tracking towards the pin and about two thirds away through its flight, he just shouts at the ball, be somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ball, now, to be fair to me, the ball drops about eight foot from the pin. Yeah, yeah no, it's brilliant. And it spun down to the flag. It was oh, actually a beautiful it's shot. Just brilliant. So, yeah, it's, that's, that's, I mean, that's going to be come, getting ripped out tomorrow oh, in our game. Yeah, like, it's a real tour sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah the guys in no laying up would love that. There's a few, few things that um, I want to point out and get your opinions on. One is just uh, like Jimmy Walker. What, literally, he it was his competition. Say he walked it. Say he walked it. Seventy-one, sixty-seven, sixty-nine, seventy for a two seventy-seven, eleven under. It really there was nobody competing with him at any stage. There was no pressure put on him on Sunday. Is he now another of that generation that really he's just going to be there or thereabouts practically every week? He just it's a name that never seems to be off the top ten of. of Events. But he's not that generation. That's the funny thing. He's actually older. He's 36. 36. Yeah, yeah, you know, he only came into it later. Which only gives uh, four years before his Bobby uh, Bobby curse comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Or Bobby, Bobby Stott. But I mean, the thing is, look, he's blossomed in the last, you know, under, under two years. He's had five wins in 18 months. And I saw this stat on the PGA Tour website, which is ridiculous. Since the 2013 Fries.com Open, he's led the FedEx Cup standings for 47 of 61 weeks. It's it's he, it's an unbelievable stretch of form he's the on. The only time he lost the, the lead last year in the fe, in the FedEx was when McElroy took it over. In the, in the, the super bonus the, point uh, events towards yeah, the end the of the yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Won two majors and went ahead. Well, this is what I want to know. We're coming into the majors starting next week, obviously with the Masters. Uh, Jimmy Walker, is this the opportunity? Is this the window, for perhaps him? this year, for him to win a major? Or is he going to, you know, if it doesn't happen now, is it going to be a guy that, you yeah. know, you, you you just think, well, that, that was his rich vein of form. And we, we could have had the same conversation this time last year after he had his three three early season wins, you know. But I think I think he's gone up a level. You see, you saw his game last year, you know, he posted a good, couple of good results in the majors. And, he, you know, he's a, he's a Butch Harmon guy. And he, he was just brilliant. Anytime he made a mistake or put himself in trouble last week, it was an exhibition in recovery golf. It, he just 
he didn't really put a foot wrong and he always got himself out of trouble as fast as he got himself into it I, I thought it was it was a really impressive win but there is a lot to be said for and I know he's won a lot and he's done very very well but they were talking about it on the, the TV that he had been home mm. like himself mm. and um, Jordan Spieth were obviously both Texas guys and they were both at home you know chilling out with their families for the couple of weeks like you know helps a lot time like you know you're going home in your own bed and yeah. whatnot like you know you're getting up you're relaxed you're at home there's all that kind of home comforts I, 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 I really want to see Walker winning him because I think he's the guy on form at the moment. Mm. But the only thing about it is that he's got so many golfers that love that golf course, Augusta, that have to play not well. Yeah. Bubba mm. Watson, Roy McElroy. Well, he's definitely the player. Like, he's Henry one of the Joker players in Stenson. form. <laughs> but here, here's a couple of other things I want to get your opinion on. Dustin Johnson finished... Uh, tied sixth. Tied sixth. Another top ten. Since he's come back, he's played six events. He's won one, second runner-up and won four top tens, four top twenty-fives. Made uh, four cuts and missed uh, missed two. He's won two and just over two and a half million dollars in prize money, and he's currently standing fifth in the FedEx Cup. He's killing it. The most impressive thing about his tied six last week was the fact he had the bad side of the draw for the round on Thursday. Thursday. Had the heaviest of the wins. Shot 78, which was actually a reasonably respectable score in the conditions. It was blowing seriously strong. He was out on it for the weekend. And, yeah, there you go. So he shot 72 the next day, and he finished, what, nine shots behind Jimmy Walker, who shot mm-hmm. 71 the first round. So, you know, divide the difference there. There's seven shots. You know, he's only two behind him then. All of a sudden, he's in the hunt come Sunday if he had, you know, if the, the draw was a bit more equal. So it's, it's ridiculous what Dustin did last week. And it just shows he... He really is a genuine contender for Augusta. But the one thing I will say, and it has always been said about Dustin Johnson, is that he's a choker when it comes to majors. He's been in that position mm-hmm. before. I think when, Mac- or when McDowell won the US Open, yeah, um, he had an 80-something to finish on the last round. when He was he was a shoe-in to win it. Yeah, And McDowell just came back. You know, and then and whistling straights as well. Look, yeah. the thing is, you know, Rory had his blow-up at Augusta and then came back and won majors. So that was a learning experience for him. You wonder whether Dusty's had enough of these learning experiences from blowing up that he, you know, his mind is now in a place that he can actually go on and win if he puts himself in the right position come Sunday on the back nine. And if the funny thing about it is if his break, in yes. inverted commas, has, you know, helped him out. You never know. Like, you never know what was going on in his head or was it just family stuff or whatever. And now he's got his, you know, he's got his psyche going again that he's all, you know, in a good space. Well, I, I think he's he's been, to me, one of the most impressive players already this season. Um the other person I just want to touch on, uh, Charlie Hoffman, last week had a had a great first three rounds, then had an absolute mare in the final round. And Charlie Hoffman started with a sixty-seven to run away with it at the beginning. I, like I think it was the, the the round of the day on day one, and then he went seventy-two, seventy-nine, seventy to finish on even uh, tied eleventh. But uh, is this a guy that just? Has one bad round. Is he got what probably McElroy, could be described yeah. as the McElroys, where yeah. you can go and do 67, 72, 79. Like, well, the thing is, he had one bad nine hole stretch that day, you know, in the event. Yeah. He shot 43 for the front nine on in round three, and that was seven over, and he was seven over for the round. So that's, you know, look, he, the guy, he's obviously playing really good golf. He just had one little kind of blip for a couple of hours or a brain fart for a couple of hours. Things can spiral out of control very quickly on the golf no, course. There's no brain fire. It was the case he was in contention. He probably hadn't been in contention for a while. Yeah. And obviously came out and bogeyed the first hole and went, oh no. And then that just compounded itself. You know, the kind of way. And then all of a sudden he turned around after the front nine and went, well, I'm gone now. I've now lost my lead. I'm now back into the pack. And then he obviously came back good on the Sunday and he just, goes out. you know, the, his competition was over. That's twice now when he's got into contention. The previous Sunday, you know, he, he was. Right up there, and then then the kind of the wheels came off. Uh, talking about coming off, uh, Phil Nicholson's clubhead came off and uh, for, off his eight iron um, after a fairway bunker shot. Um, as a shout out, he probably should have gone to uh, four golf and got his uh, pharaohs properly done. Absolutely, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was hilarious because you, I've been playing golf with you on occasions where your clubheads go flying off as well. Um, 
I've, that's happened to me a few times, yeah. So, um, it was Phil's face was priceless. The slow motion video replay, and he, you know, his face just dropped. He's like, I can't believe this happened. And he was on, he was into his bag and had his phone out within seconds. And he was obviously he was texting the tour truck and just gone here, lads. I need I need this. Well, it was just it was hilarious how how like I wouldn't say there was too many people in um, in 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 the tour bus thinking, oh great, that's that's a great advertisement for uh, for. It. Um, Aaron Bad Badley is that Bad Badelli Bad Badley? Go with Badelli, James. Yeah, ah, we'll go with that one. Um, <laughs> he uh, he made an unbelievable birdie um, at the weekend. He ended up hitting his tee shot out of bounds on the drivable seventeenth. Decided it was lost. Oh, sorry, it was out of bounds, so yeah. it was gone. Reloaded three from the tee and hold it. Um, Easy just, game, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's obviously the way to do it. That's a that's a that's a real happy Gilmore philosophy. Like oh, I'm just going to try get it in the hole in one shot, you know. Yeah, and then I suppose <laughs> the only other piece of uh, kind of news coming out of the tournament last weekend was uh, Graham McDowell had to withdraw with the foot calf injury. And mm. um, slight concern. I saw a picture he tweeted with him with a kind of a big moon boot type thing uh, on, on on the left leg, but he was saying that it wasn't that bad. It was just a case of kind of keeping it steady and he should be fine. That's um, not good. He hasn't had a good start to the year at all. He's played four events this year in 2015. He missed a cut at the Honda. He was 56 in the WGC, which is not good because that's a 70-man field. He missed a cut at Bay Hill and then withdrew last week. So things don't look well for him going into Augusta. No. Um, mind you, who knows? Like, Augusta is Augusta and things can can turn around pretty quickly you know some people drive up the mm-hmm. driveway and they just get a different feeling about the place and, um, but it would be interesting to see you know Graham McDowell hopefully he'll be there just for the Irish perspective so look that was the week that was um, I really only got to see the trophy Hassan but uh, you know the, the Valero sign from the bits that I saw were, were, were good and um, more interestingly Barry you had an opportunity to talk to people this week, who are the BP uh, B Putters, um, which is an Italian company, I think, isn't that mm-hmm. right? Who make basically custom-made putters, and you have been drooling over this like a child um, in a sweet over, shop. Yeah, 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 um, and a toy store at the same time. Yeah, like you've constantly been telling me, oh, look at these guys! You know what they do is amazing. So you had the opportunity to to kind of sit down over the internet and have a conversation with them on Skype. Yeah, and hear was. what they 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 do and what they provide and the services they provide and how they do it and kind of the inspiration behind it yeah we were talking to Antonio last night and uh, just it, it was amazing how quickly I got the feel um, from Antonio it was very similar to the one we got in four golf you know there's real passion for the game and passion for the craft and what they do and it's 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 almost it's almost not about the selling it's about getting the, the right solution um, and it, it was just brilliant to kind of Talking to people, you know, inspirational people like that is just such a pleasure. And, uh, you know, it was really wonderful talking to Antonio. And I think the best thing to do is to put on the interview and listen to the man himself. Yeah, perfect. Today on the podcast, we have Antonio Biagioli, founder of Bee Putters, which is a custom putter company from Cesena in Italy, which for people who don't know where that is, it's about 100 kilometers south of Venice. Antonio, you're very welcome to A Good Talk Spoiled. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us and share your story. Thanks. Thanks to you. Very nice to meet you, Gary. And you too. Um, I, I guess the best place to start is the very beginning. Um, where and when did you come up with the idea to start a putter company? Well, um, it all started a long time ago, actually. I, I, I must say that I started to play golf in Ireland um, many, many years ago. It was 1998, if I remember well. And it was a Saturday afternoon in, in a public golf course in Dundalk, up in the north of, of Ireland. Um, and uh, I definitely fell in love with golf, and I started playing quite often. Um, and then um, I always had um, a kind of curiosity in, on putters, and that curiosity... Um, turned into obsessions. I started to collect a lot of putters and, and then start, start studying the uh, geometry, the physics uh, and, and the techniques uh, around putters. 
And then about five years ago, I started um, a new job in an automotive company uh, where I actually applied many principles of mechanics and uh, CNC um, applications. Um, I, I, and it came up like suddenly the idea to um, combine the two things, the love and passion for golf and the knowledge of mechanics. I started actually drawing a few sketches and putting together some ideas and, and I came up with the, with the first uh, model and then the other and, and I said, why? Well, let's try it. And uh, it came up the Bay Potter's idea. And did, did this come up because you, you said you had a big collection of putters. Did you decide to make putters because you, know, well, you had the skills to do it, but because you didn't have the perfect putter for yourself? Um, well, in, in a sense, yes. Um, it was basically the, and honestly, the idea to find um, an identity, and a strong relation with my creativity and the needs to to find myself into something different from what I was doing. And I, I guess was the um, putter making, or at least uh, that's that what I think is at the moment. So um, it's true what you say, I didn't find um, at that moment the, the ideal putter. And that would move me to to start um, creating and thinking to um, to a new series or collection of putters. And so that would kind of lead me to how do you begin to come up with a putter, like the the concept, the very beginning? You know, would you start with some sketches or just inspired by shapes you see around you? Where where do you begin and and progress from there to actually building a prototype and getting to a finished model? Yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you something about the hammer model. Um, hammer, uh, the hammer idea came up uh, exactly from a hammer. I mean, the tool itself. I was um, working on my parents' house, doing some, you know, uh, housework with uh, with my dad, and um, I happened to to watch like lazily this this hammer I was using, and it had this. Uh, um, shape, and I tried to um, turn that shape into something like um, like a putter. I remember I was putting horribly uh, during that period, and I I couldn't find uh, the way to to put the to put the, the ball in the hole. And and I, from that I started a sketch, and from sketch another sketch, and and. Uh, a card design, and, and then started to prototype some models. I used to make 3D models with a 3D printer first uh, to uh, check shape uh, and uh, dimensions and proportions. And then I used aluminium and uh, metal itself to, um, to test the potters. Um, and from that I... I kept uh, thinking, uh, the pattern came up, uh, just drawing some lines and thinking to uh, the sinuosity and, uh, and, uh, of a punter. Uh, the space, uh, because I liked it to, uh, to create a pattern with a very, um, um, uh, very net edges. Um, a form that could remind it like a, a spaceship or something like that. And the coyote, um, uh, uh, to, um, well, to be grateful to a friend who was, um, was a very good artist for a coyote, uh, that helped me to, to draw the, the logo and to, uh, to complete our design, um, while, um, you know, making the, the, the company. So that's basically the, the idea. It came up from, uh, you know, driving or, um, or playing on a golf course or watching, watching a bird or something. And then I tried to apply this inspiration to something more real, mm. to something uh, concrete. Oh, yeah. No, just from my side, the, I think the Panther is one of the most beautiful putters I've ever seen. Um, 
and if if anybody gets on the internet and just googles bee putters, you'll just you see on all the puttery websites and golf equipment websites just fantastic comments about how good looking they are. Um, is it uh, is it an important thing for you in designing them to make them look beautiful as well as performing in the task of putting? Is it or is it just a natural Italian thing that comes out to make things look beautiful? Well, I'm very um, honestly, I, I don't know if it's natural or not, but um, design is very actually is very important. I I think it's fundamental for what it was for me to have something beautiful. Uh, other than uh, efficient uh, on on the green, so I came up with the idea to concentrate uh, on technique materials, but also on design. And talking about punter model, I, I just wanted to introduce this this argument because I think it's quite important. I will um, make a very special demo program shortly uh, by um, uh, putting a punter model. Uh, available for anybody wants to try for um, let's say two three weeks or a month, um, and I'll make um, I'll send uh, f- free the putter to the first participant who will take uh, the, the the charge to ship uh, the the putter to the other participants and so on like uh-huh. like you know a kind of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. way to. Uh, let every everyone uh, interested in uh, to to test the putter. Of course, any of the participants will have to take care of the putter, hmm. and uh, the final participant will send it back to B putters, uh, and I will um, uh, I will um, um, make like um, um, uh, I don't know how you say in in, in honestly in English like. Um, um, will um, among the participants, I'll pick up one uh, one of them, and I'll send for free the the puncher we used for the demo program. Oh, cool! So, kind of maybe who gets the most involved in a bit of social media review of it, or that would be great. or something? Yeah, a little bit of creativity or something outside of the box. That's a really I really like that idea. Kind of just it's a different way to get it out to the golfing community. Yeah, that, the, the point is exactly. Um, I I know many people like my putters, but they wanted to try one, mm. and um, they maybe not sure about the uh, you know the, the the feeling or something. Um, it could be a risk, but I want to do it. I mean, I want to try to let people uh, test actually the putter and uh, get an opinion of it. And of course, anyone who wants to write a new uh, review or something on social and I will accept all the good reviews of course <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but, uh, but it's it's free to do I mean that's that's a really I love that idea and it's I, that seems like a very um trailblazing idea to, to send clubs out for you know the community to test out for free I, I really like that maybe some other golf companies will follow that I, um, I hope so I mean it would be a very good way and simple way to let people test mm. uh, putters or golf golf uh, um, clubs. I'm like speaking of social media. I, it's uh, it's uh, it's always a mystery to me how you go and build putters and work in the workshop and do everything else, but also the amount of um, participation you do in social media. I mean, if you are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Pinterest and just with thousands and thousands of posts um, you obviously you enjoy it a lot and do, do you find this is the best way to spread the word about bee putters seeing as you're, you're based in Italy and you're not in any stores so you're an internet company and you know you, you enjoy doing it and are, are you the person are you the magician behind the camera that takes all the really nice photos as well I'd say yes but there's no magic at all I do enjoy doing it um my wife a little bit less, honestly. I still have time to to family, uh, but I do like it. Um, right before I'm, I mean, I want to share um, as much as possible to to all the golf community the um, uh, the, the the idea of of this company, the idea of these patterns and uh, sincerity and uh, and uh, true passion behind them. 
um, it's not just um, commercial, it's not just marketing, it's real life mm. and it's real uh, experimentation and uh, an attempt to create something new among lots of companies that honestly they're doing a lot of, you know, standard and, and uh, very, very similar things. So I'm, I'm very small and I like it small actually. Uh, uh, but I, I think social are the, not the only way, but a very good way nowadays, quite uh, less expensive in, in, com mm. of course, um, you know, with all the, the medias around to, um, to spread the word of, of being partisan and this message of, of, uh, mm. Love. Mm. It's, it's golf love. No, but it's it's so obvious that if you just if anybody goes like if we go to the Instagram, it, it looks more like an art gallery rather than uh, you know the, the the photos of a putter company. It's uh, there's some some truly uh, great photography on there, and re I really um, I get lost in those for hours at a time. And well, the idea itself is to create emotion. So if I'm able to, I'm very happy. I'm not using photographer, professional photographer. I'm just using um, my iPhone or iPad or um, or um, um, uh, other instruments. But the the the, the, the all uh, the all things about uh, is the, the the all about this is is create emotions and and share something. In terms of going forward with bee putters, um, you said you lo you like keeping the company small. Do you see the company staying? Just based where you are, and, and working from as an internet-based company, or you know maybe getting another workshop in a different part of the world, or slowly getting the putters into stores. Uh, do you have any plans for this, or is that just too long into the future? Well, I do. I do have programs. I do have hopes and dreams, of course. Um, I like it small because now uh, the market itself and probably the uh, worldwide economy needs small companies very agile and, and, and very, um, uh, you know, um, 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 e easy from that point of view. I do, um, I do prefer selling over the internet to be able to uh, promote a very good price and a high level of customization for, for, for golfers. But of course, I'm trying to establish as well relationships uh, in um, in other countries. I will probably start to um, to deal with distributors in Spain and Austria, and I'm uh, act actively uh, looking for uh, contacts in in Ireland and UK as well, um, because. Uh, the fact that people need to to touch the the putters need to see them and to test them. So mm. I need to, and I want to reach them as much as possible. The more bee putters around the world, the better. As uh, as far as I'm concerned, so you don't just make putters. If you you know notice on the website, you've been slowly over the last few months adding more and more accessories to your range of products. I mean, you've some some really beautiful Italian leather putter head covers pouches for teas and valuables and, and you know i see you're bringing t-shirts and sweaters on board as well as your um pretty unique moon marker the ball marker as well I mean, are, are these all things that you just created again created for yourself and now you just see that you, you can sell them out to the golf community or was there a demand from your customers to get these products from you well actually was um both reasons in some way yeah. They, they came up from from a request from for first customers and on the other hand uh, were like um, something I felt necessary to uh, to add to complete my my partner's offer the leather uh, covers um, I guess is a must if you if you're dealing with Italian powder maker I mean we we have a long long time and tradition in, in leather and uh, I wanted to, to offer something really uh, simple but genuine and, uh, and, and real. Um, the moon marker was, um, was an idea I had a couple of years ago actually in, uh, on the golf course. I wanted something to, uh, um, to, to be 
to, uh, as much as closer to the ball and able to help uh, uh, finding the, the right path, the right line to, mm -hmm. uh, to, the, to the hole. So I came up with this idea. I initially made them in, in different colors on plexiglass or plastic. Um, I'm trying now to, um, to test some of them in, uh, in metal, in steel or Damascus as well. You see something really, really cool in the, in the next uh, few days. Um, as long as the, the pouches, I mean, the, the same Italian tradition applied to uh, utilities pouches. Um, every time you are on a golf course, you need to put your smartphone, your wallet, your keys, your, your glasses, your something. So I, I came up with the idea to do something nice that could, uh, could be nice to see and very practice, practice to use on, on the golf course. So you mentioned the Damascus steel there. That's uh, I've seen you've leaked out a couple of photos um, on through the social media of this steel. It looks amazing. Um, you know you show other glimpses of you know finishes such as the honey finish. You know and a few little things you're testing out. Are there any new you know as well as the Damascus? Are there any other new finishes you're working on or things that we can look forward to seeing or something so that'll blow our minds a little bit more. But, well, I'm, I'm working on, on a couple of new models and I'm trying to apply uh, a new finish on them. Something um, with, a, with a blowing um, kind of, um, kind of um, you know, finish, uh, maybe with some um, iridescence as well. Uh, just because the, the two new putters will have very original and modern shapes, uh, so I want to highlight the, the uh, those shapes, uh, and um, and for that I'm trying something something new. Uh, you mentioned the Damascus. I'm getting really crazy about it. Um, I tested a few putters with a Damascus insert. And I found it uh, incredibly soft and very well responding. I mean, a um, beautiful feeling. So I will try to uh, to test uh, and to offer surely some of them in the near future. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! And so, in general, at the moment, what you offer is a, a three hundred three stainless steel and a carbon steel for your putters. Did did you go through a huge amount of different metals and testing and? You know, how did you arrive at these options and what, what are the differences in feel and performance of the, the 303 and the carbon? Well, um, the, the, the carbon steel, uh, I actually tried lots of carbon steel. I, I couldn't imagine how many carbon steel available are in the, in the market. Uh, some of them are more suitable and some other not to the CNC machining. Uh, for that reason, probably um, uh, we all powder makers have some uh, obligations, some uh, um, restrictions, uh, what we call. Um, but of course, uh, the carbon steel is definitely the, the very soft, very responding, and um, it gives back a very, very nice feeling. Three or three. Um, stainless steel, the, 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 I use an Italian uh, 303, which is slightly softer than, than the American, for example, 303, uh, not the German. Germany is completely another, another kind of, of, um, of um, uh, stainless steel. But again, it's, um, it's just a bit um, more clicky. If mm -hmm. I can say, um, uh, it, it's nice, it's nice as well. But of course, if if you like more softer uh, powder, you should go for the carbon steel. I'm trying bronze, aluminium. I'm trying brass. I'm trying lots of different materials. Um, and and uh, well, it's it's continuous experimentation. <laughs> I must say, I couldn't mill them all. Mm. And I need to make some choice, and I'll do, uh, um, of course, but I will probably enlarge the selection of materials in the, in the coming season. Wow, brilliant. Speaking of selection and choice, uh, which putter do you use? Do you, or do you just have a big selection of them and you just go and pick one every day? Well, I'm, 
I must say, I, I use I use most most of them. I do not use uh, the same putter every every time. It depends on the green, depends on the day, depends on on the mood as well. Um, I started with a hammer and uh, I stuck with the punter for a long time. Now I'm playing uh, space um, and. Um, but once, once in a while, um, uh, Coyote center shafted. I'm not used to center shafted, but I do like the um, the, the the softness of the the carbon seal Coyote. Mm. So I, I play it sometimes as well. It sounds like a really, really difficult problem to face on the morning of a golf game. <laughs> um, do you uh, do you have any pros that have looked at your putters, or are you trying to to see can you get one of one of the putters into the hands of a pro on tour, or is this something that's that's come up for you yet? Well, not not yet. Um, I must say I would be interested, and I'm looking for a few young golfers uh, interested on testing the the big putters. For the simple reason that I'd like to have um, um, a feedback on what it means using one of my putters on a, uh, on a professional level. So not just on a weekend base, but maybe on a daily base. Mm-hmm. So trying to understand how I could improve uh, the, the big putters as well. Um, so definitely is one of those things I, I'd like to 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 get involved in. Brilliant. There you go. Any of our listeners who are pros or playing regular pro events, um, just listen up for the end of the interview. We'll give you information on how to contact Antonio. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be great. We'd love to be love to help that happen. If, if any of our listeners are actually interested in getting in touch with you, um, you know, for, for getting a bee putter, what, what's what's the process for them? Where's the best place to start? With your website? Yeah, I'd say the the, the, the website is the, the simplest way and the best way to start. You have all the putters. Uh, um, you can just read all the different specifications. Uh, there's a very simple form to complete. And to, to send it to me, um, to, to get a quote and eventually complete the, the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm available to chat anytime. Uh, so I try to <clears throat> understand first the needs of the golfer, not necessarily selling anyway a putter, but understand if the golfer actually needs um, a new putter or what kind of putter mm. and with uh, which specifications. It's, um, it's a very nice process, I must say. Um, very interesting. I have the chance and I had the, the chance to meet a lot of great people. Um, and once, um, once they receive the putter and they start playing and they run me back and say, wow, it's great, I'm very happy, I met Bernie, or... Um, that make me really, really happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd say that's, I'd say that's a really great uh, buzz to get those emails and that feedback. Okay, um, look, the Masters is coming up. I, I can't have a talk with somebody who loves golf without talking about the Masters, which is uh, eight, nine days away right now. Um, are you looking forward to it? And do you have any picks or fancies who you think's going going to win or do very well? Um. Yes, actually, I, I don't know who's going to win, but I'd like to see Rory McIlroy, uh, the winning golfer this year. I mean, I think he deserved it uh, after all the good season and the great results. Uh, not just because his number one is probably is the most uh, um, probable uh, on the on the ranking, but. As I said, because I think he deserved it. it's the right mm. moment for him to get this uh, important trophy. So it, it would be a good storyline, of course. Yeah, for, from from our side, we would not be disappointed at all for Rory to to have all four majors in, uh, in his trophy cabinet. Um, so will you, you will be sitting down and watching the Masters every day then. Definitely. Yeah. So so anyone anyone looking to order should wait until after the Sunday is finished. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
Okay, yeah. well, just for anybody who wants to to find out more information on bee putters, um, this is a, a a long list, but worth checking out all of them. So the website is beeputters.com. The email is info at beeputters.com. They uh, are on Facebook as beeputters, Twitter as at beeputters, Instagram as at beeputtersgolf, and Pinterest as beeputtersgolf. So uh, I think you've got pretty much all of the internet dominated there, but uh, in, a, in probably the best way possible. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and share your story and tell us about yeah your passion for golf and Thank you so much for bringing such beautiful putters into the world of golf, and I can't wait to get my hands on one. <laughs> Barry, thanks very much for this opportunity. I thank you um, very much for your uh, kindly and kindness, and um, I, I really hope that um, anyone interested could uh, reach me um, on the social network, on the website. I would be really, really happy to um, tell information or give information about BP Potter. So thanks very much. That was a really interesting interview, Barry, that you had with Antonio um, of B Potters. It, it really does what you were saying beforehand, you know, remind me of what the guys down in Fort Alf are doing. And this is really the Potter end of that. And it would be well worth getting online. And Barry, you, you, you might just tweet later, but just throw out all the ways that people can get online and see what they, they provide. Yes, the website is bputters.com. And you can email Antonio. It's info at bputters.com. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. So yeah, get onto your local friendly search engine and put in <laughs> bputters and that'll direct you to yeah, all I their think, social media pages. Most, like Twitter is at, at bputters. Yeah. Um, so... But no, thanks a million to Antonio and uh, having a listen to the full. We'll put it up as usual as a, as a full download standalone as well. So look, um, that was that. And now this week, I suppose we're going to... There's a break from the European tour for the next couple of weeks between, between the majors and everything else that's taking place. But um, I suppose the first major of the year is not the Masters, but is the ANA Inspiration at Mission Hills Country Club um, in Ranchero Mirage in California, Lexi Thompson defends. This is the, the the first major for the ladies, and I suppose I said last week you couldn't really look beyond uh, the South Koreans and how right you were, James. Yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> on the money. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the runners and riders as who's of who? Paddy Power at the moment, and this is going to be really, this is going to be worse than the European. Uh, do you want me to tour. do it or do you want me to? No, no. Well, I think I think the listeners at this stage just. Want, know, it. want to hear yeah, these yeah. Uh, Lydia Ko is 9-2 to two, and if anybody then just notices I just drop people out of this list there's a reason uh, Inby Park is 8-1 to one. Stacey Lewis is 8-1 to one. Hojo Kim is 14-1 to one. So Young Ru is 22-1 to one. Suzanne Pedersen is 22-1 to one. Christy Kerr 25-1 to one. Anna Norquist 25-1 to one. Hannah Yang is twenty eight to one, and Amy Yang is twenty eight to one, and I suppose just a couple of the other names that people probably would be expecting up there. Lexi Thompson is thirty to one. Michelle Wee is forty to one. Uh, Brittany Lincecombe is forty five to one. Kerry Webb fifty to one. Paula Kramer is eighty to one, and then we're kind of moving Brittany Lang eighty to one. And you're kind of moving Morgan Pretzel down at a hundred to one and, and outwards from there. Um I'm gonna try and catch as much of this because I do there's something about the women's majors that I actually quite enjoy because they they're always full of um drama at some point. Mm. And I think if my memory serves me right and if I'm wrong at podcast GTX because I've no doubt people are going to remind me that I'm wrong. But I think this is the one that if the winner wins they have to take the jump in the lake at the side of the 18th with their caddy. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it yeah. is. Um, so it's it's great crack. So look, um, I've a, I've I've a sneaky suspicion. You didn't mention her here, but this, for some reason, I think Charlie Hull is going to come good this weekend. Okay, she's at uh, fifty to one. Fifty to on one on our friendly green coloured bookie that we yeah, get the yeah, odds from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paddy Power. Can we just say that Paddy Power? I, we feel there should be a movement against this. They're playing six places uh, on the US, uh, the Shell Houston, but they're only playing five places at the ladies' uh, major. That's terrible. You know, they really should. A bit of equality there. For a major as well, they need yeah, to get, they need to up your game and pay five form, places. Bad form, Paddy Power, bad form. 
But I, look, I'm I'm going to try and get as much of that in. Oh yeah. By uh, the way, don't don't put any money on Charlie Hull. By the way, just because I said it, I just well, compared to what you did last week, and I did uh, okay. All my players missed the cut. I think <laughs> precisely consistency yeah. is, is key. This, is this like win money or lose money? Well, <laughs> uh, so look, next week I suppose this is possibly the one tournament in the year that everybody wants to come second in and not be the winner. Mm. This is uh, the Shell Houston Open is taking place which I suppose is the the real form guide to see what what people are doing the week before the Masters uh, Paddy Power are paying uh, Jordan Spieth 7 to 1 Matt Kuchar 14 to 1 Patrick Reed 14 to 1 JB Holmes 20 to 1 Sergio Garcia 22 to 1 Ricky Fowler 22 to 1 Louis Ustazen 25 to 1 Phil Mickelson 28 to 1, Ryan Moore 28 to 1, Lee Westwood 30 to 1, Bill Haas 33 to 1, Justin Rose, um, Steve Banford, who again, just to get the plug in, is going to be here next week, had suggested he was going to be the guy to look out for for the Masters at 33 to 1, Keegan Bradley 33 to 1, and then we're kind of going out now, Paul Casey there at 40 to 1, Charlie Hoffman uh, 50 to 1, Martin Keimer 55 to 1. Um, Got Any the defending champion there, defending, thirty-five to one. Yeah, it? Matt Jones, thirty-five to one, had a pretty good week last week. All things considered, yeah. you know, with the tough conditions on the course, so he'll be pumped. I mean, if anyone remembers this tournament from last year, he held a forty-six footer for birdie on eighteen in regulation, and then in the playoff came up short of the green against Kucher, um, who had dunked it in the water in regulation on eighteen, and Matt Jones held this beautiful forty-yard pitch shot. Like, you know, took a bounce, bounce, check, and then rolled out like a putt and just dropped in. And that was for birdie, and Kuchar couldn't match it. And it was a, it was a really dramatic finish to the tournament, and a great win for Jones, who's, uh, so, I mean, coming into, a little bit of form coming into this week, you know, hopefully he can pull up a good title defence. Well, we saw whatever he did there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weeks ago. Well, look, horses for courses. Well, exactly. that's it. Well, and, I mean, this, and this, as everyone knows, this is a great tune-up, you know, for the Masters. They they set up the course very in very similar style to kind of mimic the things they do in Augusta. So certainly, you know, a lot of the players will just be like trying to get those last few cobwebs off the swing and their parts of the game that they need sharp for Augusta next week. Yeah, well, we'll we're going to keep a very close eye on it because next week is going to be um, a whole podcast dedicated to nothing but the masters uh steve bamford is going to be here with us we're going to talk about who we like who we don't like so really it's a good idea to to see what mm. who's making moves at the shell houston open so i'm going to be watching quite a bit of it i'd say over the weekend so look uh, that just leaves me to thank barry to thank will to thank antonia at b putters for sitting down with barry for we'll, the we'll go with antonio antonio uh, mm. for sitting down uh, i'm just adding a bit of italian flair yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, look, the very best of luck over the weekend if you're playing golf. If not, happy Easter, and we'll talk to you next week. Grazie, James. Bye, bye, huh? Well, goodbye. Bye, bye.